Ready? Welcome back to the Diaries of the Wild Ones. Once again, I'd like to give a big thank you to Wild Earth Australia for supporting me and the adventurous lifestyle. What I love about Wild Earth is that they remind me of when I was a child and I'd go into Toy World or Toys R Us and get lost in this world of endless possibilities. The same thing happens to me now with Wild Earth. The other night I got stuck in this two-hour vortex where I was looking at their catalogue on the website and dreaming about future adventures, hiking, camping, running, kayaking, survival... Anything to do with outdoor adventure, these guys have it. So to say thank you to the listeners, we are offering a 10% discount code. So next time you need anything for your outdoor adventure, go to wildearth.com.au and put in the discount code Diaries of the Wild Ones, all one word, capital letters. They ship internationally and have free shipping Australia-wide. Wow, what an episode you guys are about to hear. This episode had me on the edge of my seat the whole time. Meet Stefan Stephenson, a bloke that's lucky to be alive. No need to say any more, just sit back and listen to this one. Enjoy. Like I, I like to sit back and get real comfortable. Yeah, get yourself com- comfortable. I might get Stephane. excited. Yeah. If you get excited, I'll be like, rah, rah. yeah, <laughs> then you'll just. I, I might me a hint. end up biting my nails in this story. No, it's I'm not that exciting. Come on, let's see it's what the, happens. <clears throat> okay, where, how, how should we start it? I don't know. Where did the idea come from? What was the original idea? Uh, so what, how did you end up over there? What was the original idea? I think the, rich, the original idea was with, like, there's this guy I met at work. His name is Dana. So he had a boat that he, like his father made this boat. And he had sailed it all over, like all over South America. And we were chatting at work and he was like, yeah, I might take this boat one day to Iceland. And I was like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. And he was like, if I do it, would you would you be able to join me? And at that point I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I don't know how to sail, but... Did he know how to sail? Yeah, he, he was really experienced. Like, oh, so, really? So, so he had, like, sailed on this boat all over the place with no problems. So for you, going on a sailing trip with him, there was no, like... In your mind, there was no danger factor? No. Like, like you had full confidence in him? Yeah, I had to. Like, otherwise, I don't know. Oh, maybe I would just say yes. I Yeah. I I was excited about the adventure. Yeah. So I didn't really think about the dangers at that time. And then it wasn't even like a decision. But then, like, I think probably a year later or something, like I just got a random text. Like, So what, he had, he had mentioned it to you and then it like literally just faded out. You just kind of forgot about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we didn't talk about it for a while. Yeah. It, it was like, it just was an idea. That it might at some point someday happen. Yeah. So then, yeah, I don't know how long ago, uh, uh, like long after, maybe a year, I got this text like, hey, you want to sail from Canada to Iceland? 
And I, I was just like doing carpentry work. So basically I asked my boss, like, would it be okay if I would just go for like two, three weeks? I had no idea how, how much time it would take. And I was like, yeah, I think so. So I just sent back like, yeah, I'm up for it. And I, like my, my best friend Gisli, he got the same text and, and we just chatted on the phone. And I was like, yeah, we should do it. Yeah. Gisli, this is, this is a good idea. Opportunity awaits. Yeah. So then it was basically decided. This was like, I think early spring or something. So like, so early spring, so just coming out of winter. Yeah, I, I would guess like April, May, something. So if we're if we're talking about Iceland here, Iceland in this time of the year is still that's still really wild climate to be in. Like it, it kind of mellows out around here, doesn't it? Around summer, yeah. like the mist of summer, but July the winters like I'm. That's this time of year, and this time of year is still mm-hmm. it's fucking wild. Yeah, but but like Dane, I would like give us a little bit of information like we would only sail in july that's the only safe or like the only the safe safest time. time to sail this route yeah so you'd only do it in july so we just planned to get to canada i think like late june and then plan the trip from there so we would have basically this month window to sail yeah do you know how long that crossing normally takes we uh, i like i think like 14 days like two weeks would be normal. You, you you could be doing it in ten, twelve. Yeah. But then you could be taking yeah. much, much longer. Uh so like diving in. Like we we went from Iceland to Canada. Like our first stop would be at Middle Speeds. It's just a small town, like tiny town. Kinda of weird but really nice people. It was just I think everything there revolved around sailing is that and that's where the boat was so kept. the boat was kept there and we knew that the boat would need some fixing so yeah. we just got there with like supplies and the boat needed a new motor needed new fresh coat of paint and just some woodwork so we were just excited to go in was it in the water or out of the water out of the water so yeah so you got to do the anti-fail underneath before you put it back in mm-hmm. yeah it's a lot of work a lot of work so I think, I don't remember how many days, but it must have been like four or five days. We just spent there just working and working. Just There was this guy who came and changed the motor. We painted the underside of the boat. And then it's basically like a launch day where we just put the boat into the water. I think we spent one day in the border, in the harbor. And then we sailed from atmosphere speeds to st john's and that would be like our place to await like a perfect uh weather window where we'd see like five days of good weather yeah uh so this this first trip was like kind of a good exercise for us yeah. but but there was like no good wind so we had to motor the whole trip has he throughout this throughout this time mm-hmm. is he like giving you guys pointers and like teaching you about parts of the boat and giving you scenarios like is he is he being a good like teacher yeah definitely and like for us it was also an opportunity to kind of learn sailing it's like mm-hmm. a really yeah yeah we were really excited about that so so he was teaching us everything telling us what did what and yeah we were learning how to fix the boat and 
just looking at the weather and everything. Like, and, and there were guys like at Admiral's Beach who like knew so much. Like this, this guy was just building modern boats with new technique and was showing us his, his workplace and everything. So it was, yeah, really like a learning experience. And we were really excited to get into all this. We, yeah. We didn't really think about anything else, that, else than how exciting this was. So you never thought, like, I've, I've found with some things like the, the mountains here, the more I learn about the mountains, the, the more scared they make me. It wasn't like that with you with sailing. Like the I more th- you learn, the more you realize the risk. I, th- I, th- I think it was kind of the opposite. Like, I, I, th- I just found it more interesting, more kind of, yeah, I, I was more drawn to it. Mm. And seeing all these people, like, sur- surrounding themselves in this, environment like the, all these boats yeah doing this like their whole lives i, I didn't think yeah the life of the sailor yeah yeah but yeah this was this this boat was i would say it was okay when we got to it but it was nice when we got it in the water it was like yeah fresh paint fresh everything and ready to sail yeah it Feeling was a, good it was a 10 meter like 30 feet 30 foot boat so it's a fairly small uh, sailboat do you know like what type was it a like a a, a catch or a sloop uh no yeah don't do, I, it's a, a sailboat it's a 30 foot sailboat it's like a, it was like a fiberglass big, no wooden oh, like it's, big, oh that's right it was wooden, like a yeah. massive wooden it was it was not the fastest one it was not built to be fast it was it, it was built to be strong yeah it was built to handle waves and strong weather yeah, and that was also kind of reassuring. And what the whole time you were working on the boat, were you sleeping on the boat? Yeah. So how many like beds did it have? How many three. berths? So three berths, so yeah. the perfect number. So he's that's why he wanted two other guys. Yeah, it's nice for like the the crew. We we, we would have like shifts of three hours on, six hours off. Kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. So what we used to do, but in the six hours, you never. I, mean, I think we ended up going four and eight. Yeah. So you could get a nice sleep or like an hour, like watching my surfing video when we're, when we're doing our, our sailing crossings. But yeah, I think that's what we're doing at first three and six. And like, you never get enough sleep. I was always tired. Yeah. But yeah, sorry, continue. No, no, no worries. Uh, so yeah, we sailed like this, this first quick tour. It was like practice run. Sailed over, a lot of fun, but we did only use the motor. We didn't get a chance to use the sail. So we, that's out of the bay and up. So yeah, you're up coming towards St. John's, like a like St. John's is south of of Admiral's Beach. Yeah, and this is all like under Newfoundland in Canada and yeah. above Nova Scotia. Yeah, yeah. So that part of Canada. And so basically, how long's this first sail that you've done or this first motor? I think we were like we estimated like ten hours, but it ended up being like eighteen. Yeah, against current and everything. Yeah, yeah, I think it was current and wind, and, and just we, we went slower than we thought. Like, no sails, like, the boat was rocking a lot. So we arrived, like, in the middle of the night at St. John's, starving. <laughs> like, we hadn't eaten anything. And we're looking, like, wandering the streets, looking for food. Nothing was open, so we went back to sleep, woke up early the next morning, had the biggest breakfast I've ever had. So basically, in St. John's, the plan was just to stay there. Uh, get fuel, uh, get supplies, and just wait. Yeah. And did you have a kitchen on the boat so like yeah. you could get food and everything and yeah. and yeah and just wait for this two week crossing? So now you're waiting for a weather window. Yeah. So we just basically it, this is everything in in 
Dana, Dana's hands. Like he's the captain. So me and Gisli were just every day just wandering around, getting nice craft beers. Like it's it's a nice place, St. John's. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. Just having a good time. Walking around. I, th- I think we, we were probably there for four or five days or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, we were planning on sailing, like, in company with one other boat. But that was a little bit like a faster boat than ours. So we knew that we would, we would only have them in our reach for, like, two days or something. Yeah. But they uh, set sails, like, same day as we did. So we, we, we had this, like, w- like window of opportunity. Like, okay, now the forecast looks like next five days, they're yeah. good. And and from St. John's, you're pretty much heading straight to Iceland. Like, it's yeah, it's like east, southeast direction. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, everything looked kind of perfect. So we were just, like, really excited. Went to the store, bought shit, loads of food, everything, like, a lot of canned food. Yeah. And we had the funniest dinners. Like we would pick like three cans and then always onion and potatoes in. Yeah. And we had this like pressure cooker. So oh, we, would, we would just yeah. put it on in the middle of the day, leave it on the, we had like a diesel stove, like yeah. just low heat. But like in this pressure cooker, it just you just close it and leave it for five hours or something and then it's ready. And, you, and you've never felt the isolation of the ocean before. Like you've never been out in the middle with no. the boats yeah I, I know this feeling I've had this feeling before about when you're about to set sail because it's such into the unknown yeah. you're going out into this open ocean where you leave land I think I was just equally nervous and excited about it yeah but again like we just put all of our trust in Dana and we like we knew he was a good sailor we knew the boat was good and he seemed confident with this yeah, weather window yeah definitely he was like yeah we should go tomorrow we go mm. and that's what we did so the first day it was absolutely perfect. We just set sail, didn't have the motor. We went like way beyond what we expected on the first day. So like spirits were really high after the first one. Yeah. So nice wind behind you. Yeah, just, just cruising. How is that too? Because when you're just cruising, there's no sound when you're sailing, you know, the sails out and everything. Mm-hmm. And the boat is just, just cruising through that water. That and is, it, And it's like tilted. It's, it's yeah. kind of a weird, because if you motor, you have all of these... Uh, like the waves affect the boat so everything is rocking and bopping around yeah but when you as soon as you put the sails on it's kind of a calm feeling you just go kind of fast you don't feel the side waves as much that's really nice it's quite magical actually and i think that's why people love it so much and so addicted to it this free way of like you're just using nature just to take you somewhere yeah, with yeah, I I I also like like there's no sound. There's like yeah, it is cruising through. Mm. Uh, yeah. So the first day was perfect. Second day, the wind got kind of messy, so we had to motor, but which was fine. Like we had planned for, like we had fuel to motor half of the way, so we had to trust in the wind, the second half. And why is that? Did his holding only had that, and you just didn't have like jerry cans or like? We had like so much fuel on the boat, but like we filled everything, and we had extra tanks. Yeah, uh, but still wouldn't be enough for such a crossing. No, like if 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 we would have bad wind the whole way, we would get halfway. Do you know what the like how big the engine was? No, 
No. Small. It was really small. Yeah. I think. No, I, I I'm not even gonna guess how fast we were going. Six knots, the fastest. Yeah, with the with the motor. Yeah, that's yeah. And and also with the sail, it's it's a it's a slow boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. So you needed the, at, the wind. At this stage, we were like, yeah, it's 50-50. If it's, if it's going like this, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, second day. But it's still, it's like, you get a little seasick because now the boat is not tilted. Now you feel every wave. Now yeah. everything is kind of shifting. Did you know you get seasick until this moment? I didn't really get, like, that bad. Like, none of us got bad, but I, I, I wasn't even... I wasn't really having... Like, eating that much. Yeah. I had, like two meals a day but again we were just basically sitting chatting the whole time so so we weren't spending much energy uh yeah so yeah now we had kind of both scenarios of motoring and 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 the wind in our sails so third day no wind like the ocean was like flat it was really nice and at this stage i, I know on the second day it was like the, the first time I have ever like like ever been so kind of alone in the world, like standing on in my shift middle of the night, and I remember taking like this video, just like turning around three sixty degrees, just one video, and there was just a line the whole way around me, no mountains, no nothing i could yeah. I couldn't see anything. What did you feel in that moment? kind of free it was good it was a good I've, feeling i try I tried to describe this the other night. Mm-hmm. And my mate, I couldn't. I try to describe this feeling. I've had this feeling in the mountains and I had it at sea. Mm-hmm. where And it was the exact same thing. It was my shift. I was on. The other boys are asleep. I'm in the middle of the ocean crossing the Malacca Strait from Thailand to Indonesia. And I'm sitting there looking out at the vastness of the ocean with nothing and realizing that I'm just this tiny dot on this planet and I'm just fucking nothing. But at the same time, I felt so powerful and free, mm-hmm. and I couldn't, I can't, I can't understand, I can't understand, I can't describe that feeling because it's like, it's like nature is. You realize nature is so much bigger than you, and it can just take you at any moment. But yet, at the same time, you feel so powerful. Like it's like you feel such a whim with nature, and it can just take you. But at the same time, you feel so powerful that you can do anything. And you feel so free, mm-hmm. and my my mate said like i was having so much trouble describing it, and he said the only word for that is the sublime which yeah so how would you describe that in that feeling i think pretty much the same like i felt free i think most uh, some people at least will feel, feel afraid in this situation yeah i feel like like i don't know they are stuck in a situation i i was i was stuck there but i enjoyed it like I chose to be there, so I, I think, yeah, it's 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 hard to describe. It yeah. was a good feeling. Yeah, well, you can kind of relate. Like, imagine, have you ever been on a plane before, and they've had to like stop, and they don't let anyone off, and they end up you end up being there for like four or five hours, and you're stuck, and you have this claustrophobic feeling because you can't go anywhere and can't get anywhere. You're the same when you're on that boat. You know, you're stuck in this one place, but yet you feel so free. Mm-hmm. And you want to be in this moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's the difference. I don't know. Yeah, that's something to think about later, yeah. Honda. Uh, all right. So third day, yeah, we got this like 
totally flat ocean, just no wind. The sun was shining. So weird to be in the middle of the ocean in this kind of weather. And, and me and Gisto are like, this is the life. This is nice. <laughs> this is going to be such an easy trip. Was, it, was it warm? Was the weather warm yeah. this time of year? Yeah. So you're out on the boat, shirts off? Yeah. Just like feet in the water, splashing around. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a really funny feeling. And then like we had like... Water still freezing cold, but... Yeah. Yeah, of course. We, we enjoy water. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so we have like like a big group of dolphins just riding with a boat. It was really magical. Yeah, and at this point we were like, this is just going to get, this is just going to get better. This is nice. We're going to just enjoy this the whole time. Uh, and then all of a sudden we have this like, dunk, like our, something crashed into our boat. <laughs> just like the the ocean was still, nothing was happening. We were like, we were frozen. Like we were, we were afraid what, what had happened. So, so we stand so you're up. cruising along, perfect weather, yeah, perfect sky, no wind, crystal clear water, yeah. like that. One of those like glassy days, yeah. dolphins and everything, and then just suddenly, what a sudden bang, like a shud, like if you ran into something. Yeah, and then we like we stood up and looked around, and then we see this like uh, what what are they called? Whale sharks, like the black ones with the white dots. Fuck off! Huge, and that one had just rammed into our boat. And it was just like swimming underneath us. We could see just like this huge animal swimming underneath the boat. And I guess he was just like checking us out. And then he just swam away, like disappeared into the distance. So like at this, wow. at this point, this trip is just magical. Yeah. Like everything is going smoothly. We are enjoying everything. Yeah. And we were just waiting for more. What a magical day. Yeah. It's, it's so rare, too, to see a whale shark like that. Yeah. And getting him crashing into your boat. Yeah. Uh, so, at that point, I think everything goes pretty much downwards. Uh, From those three magical days. Yeah. So, fourth day, we get, like, bad kind of crosswind. And we try to use the sails. Like it's It's going all right and me and Gisli are kind of happy we're learning a lot like we're learning how to use the sails how to steer the boat uh, all of a sudden we hear like this sound and one of our sails just ripped like the front yeah it's it's it's, it's not a big one but the head sail yeah yeah so it 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 just ripped and luckily Dana had a spare one so it was an easy fix and at, at this point Again, we were like, okay, something bad happened. Now everything must... So it was a big getting... rip, as in like not just part of the sail that you could furl it in and use part of it, the, the sail fully yeah, we, ripped. We, we just needed to take it down. Like we, yeah. we would be able to fix it, but at this point we just put another one in. So we just keep on going. We're like, we, we, we are positive. So, so we're like, yeah, it's just a good thing. It's good to have bad things just happening in the, happening in the beginning. And then we just cruise on and it's going to be fine. So like, I think it was like my shift, like late, nah, maybe around noon. I'm again kind of battling the wind, uh, trying to get the sails right. And so we, we hear again this kind of weird sound, like not a good sound. And I call like Dana to come up and the, and the sail was all weird and I couldn't control it anymore. Yeah, like it's fluttering. It's yeah, out. yeah. So what happened was, the like the boom 
like it has kind of a fork in the end it connects to the mast yeah so that fork had like broken uh and again at this point we were like no way to like at, at the same day two things like this happening and this is for the so this is for the main sail now yeah so so the main sail yeah yeah the, so the, before the, you rip the head now you've you've that on the boom yeah where it connects to the yeah so luckily we had some glue with us like we didn't have much to repair but but we had to take everything down and just stop fix the thing wait like five hours for the glue to kind of uh, stick and put everything back together and luckily it worked we kept on going the wind had kind of gotten better but by that stage where you like just lightly using it you know you like only use it in light wind the the main sail you didn't want to make sure you had the right wind in it so it wasn't fluttering at all or didn't get any yeah yeah so but but yeah the wind had gotten better so we were again just really positive this would be just fine uh i think the next day uh, so this is the fifth day? Yeah. Uh, the next day, we had just more wind. And this was just now, now we're just battling the wind. So we put the motor on, we tried everything, the boat, the boat was rocking a lot. I think by the end of the day, we just kind of pushed through. By the end of the day, Dana said, just like the, the wind, the winter's getting too strong. Uh, we just need to stop so there's i think there's the, the storm tactic called heave two or something like that yeah where you put the 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 sail one way and you uh you rudder the other yeah and you just spin it basically like the aim is i think to put the nose of the boat into the waves always so you kind of yeah take the waves instead of getting them to your side and we kind of yeah yeah we had had news of the storm and the boat that was traveling with us they also had news of it. So they were on a faster boat and could like steer away from it. Yeah. Were you in communication with them with like yeah, radio? In the beginning. And then it kind of faded out because they just yeah took off. Uh, but our boat is slow and just we, we couldn't make it out of it. So like at the end of, I think the fifth day, uh, we basically made this heave to... Uh, tactic tactic yeah. and I went to sleep and we all just went to sleep uh, we wake up the next day and the storm was like much bigger and how did you sleep with a boat not well so much? no not much I think yeah yeah we we I dozed off like a little bit but it, it wasn't a good feeling like spending time in a storm on a boat it's not the best yeah best feeling could you hear the storm outside like you can hear the wind and was it waves and the boats yeah. just rocking around and in the beginning it was just like you can hear the wind you can hear this like sounds in the uh, like the strings on the yeah. on, on the mast and stuff uh so in the morning i like kind of put my head out of the boat and look around and it's already like 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 valleys and mountains of water just moving around slowly like 
Yeah. Like oh you see God. in these in movies. a dark in a dark sea in a cold sea as yeah. well. And, or and ocean, yeah. But it's 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 kind of weird. Everything is white because the the wind is so strong. It like makes the surface of the water just white. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's so white it's really wash, bright. White wash, yeah. In the like in the morning. So was it was it and it was overcast obviously with the storm like no sun. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no sun. So this is just dark, scary, yeah. cold ocean. Yeah. Uh, at this point, like, luckily, I took with me like a satellite phone. So, I called home. Uh, basically, we just turn it on to call, and then we turn it off. Yeah. So I called my dad and I like told him like we are in a storm, we are going to wait it off, we are fine, uh, like. Don't worry about it. It's it's gonna be good. How big were the like and, and the waves are big. Like it's yeah, just, it's starting to get big. And you're still in this tactic. Yeah, you're still just hanging there. Mm-hmm. And like we were estimating at this point, the waves were maybe like ten meters already. Like because we, like our mast was around ten meters, uh, and we could we could see like our boat was just like disappearing into these valleys of, of, of waves holy shit and were you losing your stomach like i like, don't know why we had just faith in the boat like also like i'm so inexperienced in this stuff so i didn't even know how bad this was could you see the fear in dana's face did he have fear uh yeah so he called now he's his wife and uh that was basically the moment where we, me and Gisle realized how bad this was because I could hear it in his voice. It went like a little bit higher pitch. And he he said like that this was kind of the worst he's, he had ever seen. And he had told us that he had been in storms before. So at this point we were like, okay, this might be, this yeah. might be bad. This is the realization that you're in some shit. Yeah. Uh, and this was just going to get worse. So now my dad, like, yeah, he gets word because he talks then to Dana's wife. And I told my dad everything was fine, but Dana told his wife it wasn't fine. So my dad got into connect- connection with the Icelandic Coast Guard and told them to get into contact with the Canadian one. So they just started communication and they knew about our situation. So Dana's pretty much said, oh, I'm getting the shivers. Dana's pretty much said to his wife, like his wife's picked up like, okay, we're in some shit. Mm-hmm. But you guys, he, how come he didn't feel like he had to try let the Coast Guard know? No, not at this point. Not at this point. No. So... Like what? But it was just so that was just a concerned father and a concerned wife feeling like, hey, let's just like kind of set something in motion just in case. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's yeah, that's 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 what my dad was thinking, and he kind of yeah, he he probably just sensed that something was really wrong. Yeah. So we just decided like the best thing to do is just wait and try and see what happens, and. Dana. Are you like turning the motor on every so often to try to keep you in that position or are you just, it's kind of like... I don't remember. Yeah, we might have put the motor on a few times. Mm. But most of the time it was just 
just trying to stay in this heave two position and just take the waves, but that wasn't really working. Uh, I think yeah, you talked about earlier about this like sound in the waves, yeah. uh, sound in the wind, and we really like we could sense what was happening because you get kind of used to like there's a sudden rhythm, like there's a, like a like a set wave. Yeah, there's every once in a while there's a big one. There's a big gust of wind. Yeah, and we could hear like like it was like going really fast, like the the strings, but then it went like hyperspeed, and then you knew that you were like on the top of a huge wave, and the wind was just like howling. It was so strong, like such noise, and then because it it had happened so many times, you could always know it when the wind was this much then the boat went on its side and just f- like slide it down like the face of a huge wave like breaking some of them some of them were like just crashing but by this point are we starting to get scared of capsizing like we are yeah. you like every single time this happened we were we were just hoping that the boat wouldn't smash do you want another beer I'm, i just <laughs> drank that last bit really fast <laughs> uh so like yeah and every time this happened so the boat you get this noise, you get this like howling wind and then you slid down and you're hoping like, please don't roll. But the boat was like, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's like, like s- smooth and big. Yeah. So it just slid down. And then at the bottom of the wave, there was no, no sound. It was like, no that's showing how big the the waves are too. That the waves are completely blocking that wind. Yeah, and then like a few seconds after the silence, then the wave just crashed on top of the boat every time, and we would have like the bookshelves in the like on both sides of the bed on both sides of the boat, and they would smash like so hard. Like the first time before, they all fell on the floor. They would go from one end of the boat just straight to the other, just like smashing into the wall. And me and Gisli, at, at this point, we like bailed on our bunks. Yeah. And just, we were just laying on the floor, like facing each other in, in like a narrow, I don't know, 50 centimeter hallway. Yeah. Just because we had to stay there because otherwise we would be, just be thrown around thrown. in the boat. But we, by this point, have you decided to put life jackets on? No. If anyone, if you had to go outside, like the boat, to do any rigging or anything, or keep it back in this position, mm-hmm. were you putting life jackets on or hooking in? Like, uh, did you have lifelines? Yeah, we like we we had lifelines and we used them like later, like when we had to, yeah, go on 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 the deck. But now I think what was going through our minds is like we're not in danger, like we don't want to admit that we are in danger. So we don't want to put on the life suits. And the, the thing about this is, especially when you're in the middle of the ocean or anything, when you're in this in nature, it's you put yourself in a position, you can't just check out. No. It's, you're in this position where only you have to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And that's the fucking, I've been in a couple of storms in the ocean. I remember this this one storm we were in and I, I was like, I just wanted to give up. I was just like, you know what? I'm fucking done. I don't, you know, I was just like, you can't just step off the boat and go, oh, I don't want to play that game anymore. You know what I mean? No. It's like, you have to fucking deal with it. Yeah. I think that that's what we were trying to do. Like, we we were 
being our own like psychiatrist. Mm. Like I was talking to myself the whole time. And I think we didn't speak much, all of us. Every once in a while it would be like, like fuck, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Why did we decide to do this? I don't want to be here. Like did, just, just like s- small, nothing, like no conversations. And where was Dana? If you were lying on the floor in here, where was he? He's they? in the back of the boat, like where the kitchen area is. Did you, and did you have any instruments or anything to check the weather or know how the storm was yeah. doing? Yeah, yeah, he was checking it. So, but... I'm not sure how accurate it was because the we 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 just knew we were in the storm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure if we we could have. So so we like when we called back home, they would tell us like you you are in the middle of the storm. Yeah. Like, and you you were giving them your position as well, like your coordinates. Uh, when yeah, you later, like after, I, I, like when we woke up, I called my dad and Dana called his wife. So then we waited. I think like till nine o'clock where where we had waited off so many of these waves like the the, the, and this storm the boat still was still going yeah and like we just trusted the boat it was always like we, we had this conversation of like what should we do and then i was like this boat is not gonna break it like i promise you and we were like okay but but getting closer like getting more and more into it like me and gister were like we don't want to do this we i, I don't want to risk my life for like just taking this boat to Iceland. So we just started having these conversations about what we should do. And like in the end, we just decided that it wasn't worth it. We was having these conversations like on the download, like so Dana couldn't hear. Yeah. But, okay, yeah. Like, like first, first me and Gisli were, just were talking about us in, in Icelandic to ourselves, but Dana didn't speak Icelandic really like really well so he he wouldn't Where, really he understand from, sorry? Uh, he's from Malta originally Maldives okay uh, but uh, yeah, getting like closer to the night we were like okay we have to discuss this why why are we doing this like we were getting like ocean like in, into the boat like it was getting flooded in the bottom we didn't know if like in the next wave would just crash the boat it could happen at any yeah. moment and the wave so every wave that hit was heaps of water was coming over the boat yeah and into it holy like and and it would like, go on to me and Gisli just straight on like I was wearing this and you're inside the boat and the water's yeah. coming in so I'm guessing you would have had pumps on turning pumps on to yeah. bilge pumps to pump it out yeah yeah we did like I had this like I was in this like down uh, sleeping bag and it was yeah. just soaked it was not working anymore like it was just like yeah so yeah yeah. but yeah i think it was maybe around nine o'clock that evening and then we we had already been in the storm for like or or like awake for 12 hours and was it cold because i know that water's freezing but like then in the storm i was basically i think i wasn't eating i wasn't drinking i was just laying there I i wasn't feeling anything i was just kind of i was scared and just yeah your adrenaline was so heightened. Yeah. It was kind of amazing how calm we kept everything in the boat. We, we would just talk. Like, no one was panicking. Like, I was thinking, uh, like, if... I was kind of feeling more, like, bad about not being able to tell people that I was alive because I had called my dad 12 hours before and told him that I was going to be in a storm. 
he hadn't heard anything. Yeah. So. And and you didn't want to call him back because you needed that battery for the. So, yeah. Now, at at at, at this point, we just. Uh, we we have this kind of emergency device. We just push it, and then you alert all the other boats yeah, and everything around. Like there's a boat in distress. An EPUB. Yeah. So after a fairly long conversation between us three of what to do. How did this conversation go down? Like do me, me and Gisli, we like initiated just talking about it. Like and and letting Dana know. Like we trust him, we trust his decisions, but we don't want to risk our lives for a boat. We would rather just leave. And he would say, like, okay, uh, you can't, like, you can trust the boat. It's it's not going to break. And he would let us know that uh, rescue mission of this, like, magnitude would be maybe more dangerous than to just wait it out. Uh, fair enough. <laughs> She's having a coffin fit. <laughs> That's, so, how much, that's how scared she is. Yeah. I'm, man, I'm shaking. I'm shaking. So, yeah, we we just talked about it for a while, but in the end, it was like, okay, fair enough. Let's call for help. Uh, and in my mind, I was relieved. Like, just pushing that button. like Because it's like, like you're passing the responsibility. Like, someone else is going to fix this for us. Yeah. I, but, so, you're in this boat... Pretty much just trying to hang on in the ocean with 10 meter waves, throwing it around, water coming over the boat, coming in, freezing cold, crazy wind, wild fucking ocean, Mm -hmm. right? And so you're thinking at any moment this is going to capsize, at any moment the boat isn't going to hold together anymore, Mm -hmm. at any moment you guys could be taken to the sea. So you've just decided like, how is... So, like, do you reckon Dana was shocked by you guys telling him this? Do you reckon in his mind he was trying to keep with the confidence, like, no, we can just push on, push on? Or do you reckon when you guys said this to him that him himself was like, okay, yeah, let's do Like, was he relieved? I, I think he was torn, but I, I think mainly because, like, his dad made this boat and it was, like, close to his heart. Uh, I think it was difficult for him to make this decision but i think he agreed with us because it was uh, i'm not sure like it it, it would be a reckless decision to try and keep on going after everything like we we had already spent so many hours waiting and waiting and the storm wasn't getting better if anything it was just getting got gotten worse so like we had kind of taken in enough of the storm we we just our yeah, yeah, we was we weren't gonna take it anymore, uh, and like we talked about it afterwards, like is it, is what this this was a good decision to make, but uh, what happened was like after pushing this button, like okay, let's call for help. So you've pushed SOS, you've let out the EPUB. So yeah. this goes out to every boat in the area. Yeah, it goes out to helicopter. Do you- I think I think all the boats, and then they would communicate further. But it might even go, yeah, further. I, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's how it happens. It goes. So it's like a, it's an SOS. It's a mayday, mayday call, mm-hmm. 
I, this is what I think happens from memory, that it goes mayday, mayday, it goes out to whatever boats can pick that up in the vicinity, if it does go as far as the Coast Guard, but then they can relay it, mm-hmm. and they relay it to the nearest Coast Guard. Yeah. So, so I, at this point, where are you guys? Like, So you're five days in or six days in mm-hmm. from... So you're pretty much... You'd be under Greenland, wouldn't you? Yeah, we are so far in. Just drifting around at this point. So, so we were... Do you, do you know your one course? Third, like how, have you been pushed off course? Like quite... Yeah, we were off course. Not that much, I think. But yeah, we were more than one third of the way, I think. So that's... If you look at a map... And you look at where like kind of Newfoundland is or under that, like, um, or where you guys left from, you look at Iceland, pretty mm-hmm. much one third of the way is Greenland. Yeah, we are and so it, far out. And so you're off the, the bottom of Greenland in that freezing cold ocean in yeah. the middle of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. So you've pushed the, EP, you've pushed the SOS button. Yeah. You've sent out the Mayday call. At this point, I think all of us... At least I thought like, okay, no, now someone's just going to come in and rescue us. Like, just like this. Someone would just come in via helicopter, just pick us up. But Dana told us, this is not going to happen. Now we just have to wait and see. Like, we have no idea, like, what's in store for us. Uh, so after a while, I'm not sure. Now we ha- I think we kept... Uh, the phone on so the coast guard call us uh, and they let us know that there's a hercules airplane <gasps> on on its way to us a hercules airplane yeah so i'm like and okay yeah this is now uh, like now we're thinking how the fuck is this going to happen how is an airplane gonna pick you up gonna help in this situation either way he say like okay it's it's two hours mm. then the the plane is with you so hercules airplane is that one of the ones that can like kind of fit a car in it like that has the like it lands and drops down the back i think it's one of these big ones like it has like two maybe not with car yeah maybe i don't know Should we there's like it? huge propellers yeah at least like this this one is is on its way so we are we are at least happy that someone is coming to to see what's happening with us uh yeah exactly that yeah it's a big one what the fuck is it gonna do yeah that's what that's what we thought uh, and do you know where it's did they say where it's coming from or anything or they just said is a hercules airplane on its way yeah they they basically just told us that but afterwards we found that it went kind of it had to go like pick up gas somewhere so it was like a long trip and he flew in, took him two hours, and at this point, time went so slow because we had pushed the button. I thought everything would happen so quickly, so like these moments, I what? think, were the worst. Did you ever have a thought in your mind, as in like, why did I push that button? Maybe we could wait it out. No, I was really yeah. happy with the decision. Yeah, like because it it kept on going, like the waves kept on crashing into the boat, like. Water kept coming in. We were just really yeah, happy that just someone like, was coming. How much longer can this boat hold up? Exactly. So, at, next thing we know, we hear on, on the radio this guy. He's like, "Hey, like, tell me your coordinates. Like, 
I'm gonna fly over you soon. And he had the most calming voice of all voices. Like he's well trained. Like as soon what? as I heard his voice, I was like, "What accent? I'm fine. What accent? American accent. American accent. Oh, Canadian. So he's yeah. come from that's. Yeah. He was just. It, it was amazing. He was like he talked to us, like we were in no trouble. Mm. Like this was just another day at the office, basically for him, but not for us. Uh, so he like we started hearing like this this airplane noises and he flies over gives us a chat lets us know that he's he's going to be flying over us over the course i don't know next two hours just just to see if everything is like it's okay and then he lets us know that he's going to drop two lifeboats and uh we we have to kind of pull them in so these lifeboats, just in case, if our boat breaks. So me and Dana, we go on deck, and now I clip in. Uh, Dana doesn't. <laughs> I was really scared that he would fall in. because what, Why doesn't he? I don't know. He was running around, doing stuff. I just remember him not clipping in at this point. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why. He was, I don't understand how a plane coming at such speed has the accuracy... This was actually really cool. He dropped like uh, these flares, like like a lot of them. So so he could see how the wind was blowing, and then he just flew kind of low uh, and dropped. There was these two packages tied together. As soon as they landed in the ocean, they blew up, and then there were two lifeboats, and then we drifted. In, like between these two so at this point we we could catch one of the the ropes and we had to pull in so did you have some like poles ready or something to yeah. catch him yeah so i was standing and there were waves coming over us at what this a point fucking pilot <laughs> that was amazing I, i've dropped things off our boat before and it just you're on this boat floating one way and it just floats the other. Like, you yeah. And this guy is true. I think... now I'm... No, maybe not. I'm, I'm thinking if he dropped two, like first one, that was a mistake, and then the other... I, it, it doesn't really matter, but we drifted into this, this, this line. I want to meet this pilot. <laughs> and and I, I, I was dragging it in, and there's like a... Uh, like, like a parachute, but underwater parachute. Yeah. to keep it in the current. Oh, so okay, it was yeah, yeah. So hard to take take it in, and like I had to wrap it around this thing on the boat. Yeah, yeah, and, and pull it in. And the string was like like a guitar string. Like yeah. it was so tight, but in the end we, we got it all the way, and like we had this safety net, and the guy asked us like, "Do you want to get in the boat on, in in the lifeboat now?" And we were like, "No, we trust the boat. It's not it's not leaking." I think it's a better option to stay in the boat and have this one as a spare if the other one breaks. So he was like, fine. Flew over us for, I don't know, 40 more minutes. And then he was like... 40 more minutes. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he just flew until he didn't have more gas. Just n- enough to get home. So what, what was the point of him um, going in circles? Was that just to... If you just go on the lifeboat to keep your position I or... I, I really don't know. Just... I don't know. Just... Talk to us. Keep us in check. See see if anything happens. Yeah. Well, I suppose just even 
you know, these guys probably when they do the training, they probably even understand human nature when they're in that survival mode. And probably just you guys, they probably know just as uh, there's probably so many other factors for him doing that, but just the whole point of with you guys and how scared you are knowing that there's someone they're looking out for you yeah. even though he couldn't do anything it was yeah. just really nice to have it. and then funny thing was like I think four years later or something uh, one of my friends Hlinur he calls me and he is guiding a tour with a guy who knew me and then like like uh, Hlinur said like I have this guy uh, he's a pilot he saved or like helped in the rescue some guys like sailing from Canada. Was it you? I'm like, yeah. And he, I, I spoke to him. So I got a chance to speak to this man again and thank him and let him know like he made such a difference in this, in this rescue because he just calmed everything down. And yeah. yeah. Like imagine. And what, he, did, what did he say? Did he, did he, for him it was, it was just like a, he was happy with the convincing that, like, like that, he was able to speak to me again but yeah he was just happy to know that I was really like glad that he could help us yeah and he did so much like just just by talking to us how amazing is human nature yeah. you know what I mean amazing. like how fucking amazing is like being able to connect with people especially like that you know yeah, yeah exactly. okay so he's he's flying around then 40 minutes and then he he and then he just goes he says okay I have to leave. But in the meantime, uh, he got news that a ship picked up our signal. So now we have a boat coming in and we were so happy. Uh, and he told us it, it was like a, like a big container ship. Uh, a huge one. Like a big dog. The big dog's coming. Yeah. And... We were like, yes, this is finally happening. Somebody's coming to save us. And and at this stage, the storm's still just as, as severe? It has, it had maybe gone down a little bit, but it was still crazy. Uh, then he told us, it's 11 hours. So we have to wait now another 11 hours for this boat to arrive. I think that's the... Shit hardest 11 hours I've ever had because the whole time I'm just thinking like I might die uh, I'm stuck here and why did I do this did you think to call your family at this stage just to give them no. one last no no I you didn't I, want to panic him? I didn't want to like I, I knew that they were in a panic like if I if I could have I would have like just sent them like hey I'm okay but we just everything froze. We were just sitting there. They knew that somebody was coming to save us. They knew that our boat was, like, not crashed. So the only thing we could do was just wait. Holy fuck, and imagine you. Yeah, it was, it, imagine it, it, your parents, dude. Yeah, they had it worse than me, I think. Yeah, imagine your parents sitting at home with that dispense, knowing that their, their son or their children are in and for... People listening at home, this is the wildest climate on the planet. I've said that this in podcasts before, but like this ocean up here 
it's so fucking cold and wild and powerful. Mm. And for your parents to understand that and know what you're actually in, it's like not many people survive here. I think it's five minutes. I think they say when you're out at sea here, especially in winter, it's like you got five minutes. Yeah, we knew if the boat would go down, we would be dead. Yeah. Almost in- instantly. Yeah. And we weren't even in the like the rescue suits. At this point, we weren't even in them. We're just laying there kind of paralyzed on the floor. Just not saying anything, just thinking. There's a re- weird 11 hours. But I think maybe like two hours, or like one hour before the boat arrived, we put the suits on. And I could feel how everything changed. Like, because I had been fairly calm, just laying on the floor, thinking to myself, like, it's going to be okay, probably won't die, it's going to be fine. But then as soon as I put the, the fucking suit on... So what's an emergency suit? It's like a red... It's like, did, a, like a wet suit, but like thick, massive. You, it's really hard to move. Was this... Did It got dropped off by that plane as well? No, we, you already had them. We had it in the boat. So Shit. we... We pop these on, and I could feel the atmosphere kind of change. Then there was like a slight panic. Like, it's like well, what's, what's, what's going to happen next? And, and we, we had been talking about, like, how the fuck is this huge boat going to save us? Yeah, how are you going to get from your little boat what? through these waves to this massive boat? Yeah. So <laughs> all of a sudden we hear on the, on the radio, then the boat is calling in, like, okay, we are nearing your position can you give us your coordinates so we give them the coordinates and i don't know half an hour later they they're like okay we can see you and we're like what the fuck okay so i like look out and i can see in the distance a boat and at this point dana goes on the radio like okay can you please let us know how how this is going to happen how, what what's going to happen so they were like really calm like all you, all sailors. Are you shaking? Like, are you? Do you reckon you can you do you remember what your body's going through? Just, I think I was kind of just numb. Like we had stood up, we had put like our passports, our wallets into our suits, just standing there, kind of not knowing what to do. Oh yeah, what were you trying to? What were you trying to grab? Like, it, it was this one of those moments where nothing matters. Just yeah. take my passport, take my wallet. Everything else doesn't matter. Yeah, that was. Did the you thing. even think like, oh? I, Oh, I kind of like those sunnies. Maybe I'll put, take them. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I better take my sunglasses. They cost me a hundred bucks. I, 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 like I had a lot of time. I, I took my GoPro, but I actually think about it a lot to this point. Like I should have just recorded the whole rescue thing. It would have been fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. The- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Well, well, at the time you don't think of these things because no. you're just frozen. This is what we're talking about earlier. I just wanted to get the fuck out of this boat and, yeah, yeah, get safe. So they say on the radio, okay, we're going to basically, yeah, they were going to park their boat and we were going to drift onto their boat. Uh, There they would have a rope ladder and, like, like you know this one, there's, there's two ropes and then there's like wood yeah for every step yeah and then they would have like a weird kind of net 
that they had in case we would fall in, they would throw that on top of us and we would grab hold and they would pull us in. Uh, and and what type uh, of boat was it? Uh, the boat was called Megan C. It was just like like a fracked boat, like for big containers. At that point, they were they were moving uh, blades for what's it called? Helicopters? Uh, no. Turbines. Turbines, like 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 wind turbines. Yeah. So it was it was it like one of the big big shipping containers that you see in the shipping channels? Like not the biggest ones, but this was huge. Yeah. yeah. Like compared, compared to, to our you guys, ten meter boat. A big boat. So compared to your little boat with ten meter waves crashing around, this thing it's it's probably still a bit wild for it, but it can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that boat didn't move like our boat did. Like yeah. we we were just like a like a tiny thing just bopping on the waves, but they they were like really, flying with it, yeah, yeah. flying with it. Uh, but at this point, I was kind of scared because I had no idea how this would work. Like this 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 rope ladder looked like it was just ripped off a pirate ship. It was not really reassuring as a safety device, or yeah. like a rescue mission it, it device. Seems like the dangerous most dangerous part of uh, yeah. At this point, we realized that this would be the most dangerous part as soon as like we could see this boat getting closer and closer it was bigger and bigger and the waves were that big so the propeller on the this uh, frack ship it was lift it would lift up so it was just spinning in the air like making fucking noise just really close to us and like thinking if i would get sucked into that i would yeah just be a splash yeah uh and we we kind of get close to the boat and then we hit hit the side of the big boat and the crew was from the Philippines and they were just like awesome guys. They were shouting down and I was I would hear all these noises like our boat is basically just being crushed by the like the container ship. Like so our, by now your boat's literally floating into theirs. Yeah, it's just it's just now it's just up, up on the it. side, <gasps> and one of our li- like li- like the lifeboat, like the line, got caught in their propeller, and our lifeboat just got ripped off of our boat and just sucked into the propeller. Just looked at this like, what the fuck? If our boat would just get sucked in, and the guys were like, yeah, yeah, come here. So after not a really long discussion, uh, like uh, talk, we decided that I would go first. And I would. How did that go down? How can... I, I, <laughs> I think in those I, situations, I really don't for some reason, I've always had this thing my whole life when they're like, okay, who should jump off the bridge first? It's like I feel bad if I make someone else do it. I'm just like, okay, I'll do it. Yeah. So I always end up being the dude that does stuff first. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that how that like went down? It's just, did you just self say, like, okay, I'll go? Or like. I, I that... might have. I don't re- really remember how it went down. It was kind of a panic on top of the boat yeah. because it was noisy the waves were coming in like we knew that if we would fall in between these two boats yeah, you'd be crushed, crushed to death like instantly and our boat like there were splinters just flying off our boat because it's our crashing boat is moving. into it yeah and it's moving with the waves so like and every now the and then we would almost be in eye level with the guys on the on the frack ship and then the next second we would look up like three stories yeah. or something just like and also in saying that you could 
jump on on the wrong point and then a wave could pick your boat up and go back up you think you're fine climbing up next thing the boat's coming up yeah. at you so you have to time so it you got to time it perfectly oh, so i'm just God. waiting and i have this so you're lucky thing. you're a surfer i could think like a surfer in that moment yeah and like timing yeah so yeah i'm just i'm clipped into this thing uh kind of an extra safety thing which wasn't really helping because our boat was drifting away and i had to kind of pull it out otherwise i would get pulled into the ocean because it was just closing to an end that that line that's clipped onto their boat yeah uh so i took my time i just waited and then i just found this urge to jump and it was probably like one and a half meter to the rope ladder and i just pulled out my like bear claws and just jumped grabbed the thing and just ran up just as quick as i could and just as soon as i got there i felt like this relief i just hugged everyone aboard but then i kind of realized that i still had to watch my best friend do this thing and it was even worse to watch him like like try to do it because i was already safe and i had to just look at him go through the same thing that i'd just done and he had like yeah watched me do it so yeah i think that was maybe yeah most difficult 30 seconds of my life just looking at him and then he jumped Did you see the fear in his eyes was yeah, that all of us I, I, I could see the fear in my own eyes like this was this moment is like yeah it's such a weird thing like I, I think like excitement fear we were relieved like everything was happening but adrenaline like adrenaline was like pumping and Gisli jumps safely. Dana doesn't really take a lot of time. He just jumps really quick after Gisli. Goes on board. And this moment, like, it was such a happy moment just to be able to see all these faces. And I felt like I was on solid ground, even though I was still, like, in the storm on a boat. But just being off that small thing... I felt really safe. Uh, and then we still had to kind of cut our boat loose because we we didn't want to take it with us. That must have been a hard moment. Yeah, I think for Dana, it's especially hard. Like just looking at it drift away. And actually, when the boat was going away, it went into the propeller and the side of the boat got like chopped. And that was super dangerous also because if the propeller would have gotten damaged we would have been in even bigger trouble yeah now you're a big boat but then yeah this is just such a happy moment to get on this huge huge boat they gave us a room they gave us food like these people were how how did you feel did you feel like you'd People had gone so much out of it. Did you feel like you owed them something? Did you feel like embarrassed that they had come to you? Did you feel like, I don't like what did you yeah, feel for I, these? Actually, I felt it, it was kind of um, like embarrassing, but I think. But then a relief at the same time. Yeah, like, I, I didn't dwell on it. It, 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 it like I was just so happy. I was so grateful. And, and they were also so happy that they could help us. I think no one was saying like, why did you do this? Like, 
they were asking just questions about the trip. Well, it wasn't like you did something. It wasn't like you've gone and done something stupid. And it is like literally like you were just doing a crossing. You had a good window and uh, storms, storms of storms. Like you're so some people have told me that this is a stupid thing, but I would say that this is just one of these adventures. Yeah. It's such a dangerous thing. It's like some people would say it's not worth it. It's like this thing of risk versus reward. This is too much of a risk versus the reward you get. Calculated risk. But this is the thing. Everyone's risk level is different. And Mm -hmm. adventure all lies outside the box. Adventure and experience. It's like with life experience, when you're just living your normal life, we experience that every day and we know what that is. You know? And it's like to go outside the box, that is where you experience everything, you know? Yeah. That's otherwise, it's kind of like boring kind of thing. I wouldn't say it's boring, but it's just like, you know, so like it depends on how you want to live your life. So for me, knowing um, sailing boats before, it's like that doesn't seem like a risk. It's just what you're doing. But someone sitting there that works nine to five, you know, like, and, and I'm not saying they're not happy, but like that lives that normal life there isn't much of a high level risk in their life so their adventure might be camping on the weekend mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like <laughs> you know you know what i mean and that is yeah, outside their box but for people like us kind of thing it's like that adventure or that risk level to find that adventure is yeah. and you learn so much from it even though like it it, it went horribly wrong i am i th- i would say that i'm a better person after it i I kind of appreciate the moment better. There's, there's so many things that I do differently now. After spending all these hours thinking, I might not come out of this. Yeah. I think even though it was a horrible thing, I look at it now as a positive thing. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, it was, after all, a good experience or good adventure. Yeah. That's... Yeah... I know what you mean. Yeah. I a few weeks ago in these mountains here, I, I set off an avalanche, and I was frozen with fear. And I walked. I got. I was up in the mountains by myself, and I just got too deep in the mountains, and the snowpack was too thick, and it was woofing under me everywhere where the snowpack's dropping, mm-hmm. and I started going up this mountain. And this whole fucking... And I was already shaking with fear because I was so deep. I couldn't turn back. I had to try to get over this mountain. And I was shaking with fear. And the fucking whole snowpack under me just collapsed. It just fell. It didn't start going down the hill. Mm -hmm. But I felt the whole fucking side of this mountain just drop. And I froze with fucking fear, right? And I just sat there shaking, going, what the fuck do I do? You know, I was fro- I couldn't even think. It's just like the only thing I could do was just like try and back out say, like as soft as I can. And the whole time I was like, I'm not going to make this. I, I'm just like not going to fucking survive this. Mm-hmm. Trying to crawl down backwards down this mountain as soft as I can. And I got down the bottom and I remember thinking like I still had this big feet in front of me and it was kind of like that when you're on the boat and waiting to be rescued, like you can't just check out. And I'm still in the middle of these mountains 
And I'm like, I've got to fucking get myself out of here. And I was just like, I just don't want to be here anymore. And I remember fucking sitting there and thinking that I wasn't going to make it and going, I'm going to fucking die here if I don't make the right decision. And I was trying to think about my mum. I never left a note in my van to say, like, you know, before I did this, I never left a note or anything. And I fucking, I remember walking back or like hiking back and there was a part there where I, I didn't even realize but at one stage I stopped and I realized I had fucking tears in my eyes that I was that scared that it, and it wasn't the fact that I was scared it was the fact that I thought I was about to die and then I it was like it was the t- tears that were in my eyes wasn't from thinking I was going to die it was from after knowing that now I'm fine I'm coming out of it but holy shit I nearly just died and I've never fucking thought about since that moment that I was so close to death. It's like fucking this. I'm never going to be the same from that after that moment. It's like the last, like, oh, well, that was a month ago. Yeah. And the fucking, it just not stopped going through my mind. It just changes you. Yeah. It changes fucking everything about you. It's a good thing. I think you made make different decisions after stuff like this. Yeah. What, when you're on that boat, so they've rescued you. Yeah. Where did your boat go? Do you know? Do, do no. you reckon it sunk? Do you no, did you I hear about so. crashing into land? No, we, we we kind of like our day, and I was kind of hoping that they would pop up one day, like, "Hey, I found your boat." I think he left a note, like with his uh, contact. Yeah. Uh, but I would guess that it it just sank. Uh, like after this, after this storm, there were like five more storms that came in just in this area. So if we would have waited out this storm we would have would have just the next one and the next one and the next one and i would think that the spirits on the boat would not have been high yeah after a few storms so we we our guess is that just it just filled with with water like as as soon as the belts pumps like don't yeah as soon as the batteries anymore. are dead yeah batteries die and engines then, on on batteries die and then it's just gonna fill with water and 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 we actually left the like the top of the boat open like accidentally so the rain would also just fill it up in the end shit but yeah I think after this you don't really think about this we were so happy just to be live and in this boat with this good man that saved us yeah did they have to go like quite off course to save you guys yeah they went just straight back 11 hours so they lost a full day, uh, but no one, like... Made you feel bad about it? No, like they, they, just, were, yeah. they were just That's so right. happy to be able to save us. Like, as soon as we got on board, they gave us food, we That's went... fucking beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Human nature is just fucking amazing. Yeah. They just, yeah, it was, was their decision to come and save us, and they yeah. just made that call, and like everyone was on board, and they was, and yeah, they were always talking to us, they were... Just the nicest people gave us good food. They at one point they like they had this party for us. They, they, we finished all the beer on board. They sang karaoke the whole night. Uh, we sat there and they <laughs> these guys were so sweet. They would sing every song to us. Like they would look into our eyes and sing the song. Yeah. Like basically to our honor in a way. Yeah. Yeah, it felt amazing. That, what a fucking amazing. Well, that and that's what's so beautiful about sailors too. It's like, 
it's like it's not every man for themselves because everyone realizes out there that's what that whole epurb system is set up for Mm -hmm. it's like so you know it's not just the coast guard it's any boat in the area can help you know it's like everyone's human it's that's and you saw it that's when you see the beauty of human nature mm-hmm. come out you know what i mean the ego goes and at the end of the day we're just it's just fucking humans looking after each other yeah yeah they just wanted to help really bad they, and, and, and and they they helped us in such a huge way and so where did you go with them so we sailed with them back to canada and all the way up river into quebec so we i think we sailed with them for like five days and and all the way up to Quebec. <laughs> yeah, so we went further into land. Yeah, it was, and, and that was actually a nice trip, just the sailing up some random river. What, what were you left with just thinking, like, was that, did that just happen? What was the feeling? I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe, like, describe it. We were just so blessed to have been rescued. Like, there was nothing to do on the boat, but we enjoyed every moment of it. Mm. We're just sitting on deck, looking at the ocean, and yeah, just feeling calm. It's and grateful. It's isn't it crazy? Is I think about this often. Isn't it crazy that sometimes we have to come so close to death to slap ourselves in the face to be able to appreciate life? Yeah, it's crazy. You know what I mean? I think I think we do it all the time. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you see people like bickering or like being negative about just stuff that just doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. And it's like, they I think they call it awakening to extreme circumstances. When something happens so extreme in your life that you just wake up and realize that fucking, it just doesn't matter. Just like what matters is now and like in enjoying the now yeah, exactly and it's like sometimes in in things that i've been through in my life in those situations it's like i it's like sometimes you know when you see someone like just fucking like dramatizing a situation that just doesn't need to be dramatized or being like negative and something and you just it's like i just want to walk up and slap him in the face and wake <laughs> and just say wake up to fucking life man like you don't yeah. need to worry about this shit there's way bigger you know it's like just life's here to be enjoyed yeah and it's like okay so you, you you're going up the Corbeck river and then what do you have to get off at Corbeck and fly back to yeah I don't remember exactly how it went down, but we, we had to... There was some insurance business, just in case. But the, like, this rescue mission must have cost so much. Yeah. Like, how did, how like, does that work down? Like, did you... Like, nothing. Like, we, we never got anything, like, no bill for anything. It's just... Yeah. They just... I imagine it was really expensive for the fracked company... But they or eleven hours each way, and, yeah, fuel. and then the Shit. Hercules airplane, like flying over all that fuel, Holy that pilot Shit. dropping these boats, yeah, all these people, like there were much more people involved. But yeah, I think yeah, some guy took like a statement from us when we entered land uh, in Quebec, and then we were just off, and we 
had a plane ticket already booked, spent one night, flew back home. What was Simple it like when you got home? Uh, so nice to meet the family. Yeah. yeah. Was, there, was that an emotional moment? <laughs> yes. And like also just exciting. Like Everyone was eager to hear the story. I was somehow extremely calm about all of this. I just came home. I had nothing planned. I went to visit my parents, which said, like, when this happened, they were traveling, like, deep in the highlands of Iceland, and they drove all the way back to the city to keep tabs on everything. To Reykjavik. And they they didn't let anyone know until they knew, like, when we were safe. So not to panic anyone. So my, my mom and my dad were the only ones who were, like, really panicking for these 30 hours or something. Oh, your poor mom. Yeah, they, it was really hard for them. So as soon as I landed, I think I went to see my, of course, my girlfriend at the time. That was also really nice because I, ha- I had called her also on the boat. Uh, like when I called my dad to let him know that we were in a storm, I called her also because just just to let her know the same. But she didn't answer because she was, I don't know, in the swimming pool or something. And that was really hard for her because then she knew I was in the storm. So when I got home, it was really like a nice thing. But she always said that this was a bad decision. So <laughs> Yeah. Oh, they're always going to say that. <laughs> my, ex-girlfriend really... used to, my ex-girlfriend would hate me watching Discovery Channel because I'd get so many ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. But um, yeah, it, it basically just life went straight to normal. I went to work. But like a, I you, think different. Do you find yourself soul. looking for more adventure now? Always, because often you I find never say a no. Like never say no to adventure. Yeah. If 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 there's something, I will say yes. Yeah. If anything, I think I'm more into it. But I will. I would think. Like I'm 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 cautious. Yeah. Do you want to? I know a guy with a boat. Do you want to? <laughs> I'm not <laughs> allowed. <laughs> That's, that, I think that's, that's the, one, the, the only thing the that rule, I'm not yeah. allowed to do. Yeah. It's like, I, I, I wouldn't put my family through it. Yeah. And what about um, Dana? Do you know like his story when he got home? I think basically the same. He, he, at the time when this happened, he had like a newborn kid. So he was just Holy happy to shit. get home to his, his son and his wife. Yeah, I think... So weird after after a situation like this, everything gets to normal really quick. That, yeah, that's what I find, and that yeah, it's it, like you it's, kind of forget about it. Yeah, and it kind of I find this feeling so weird of suddenly everything's back to normal. Yeah, and you're like all that adrenaline, and then you think, was it all for nothing? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but they need to seek the next adventure. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah, Darius sitting in the corner is going, what the fuck? I was biting my fingers so much. Dude, I I, I was getting, in, I'm, this whole story, I've been getting anxiety looking down at the recorder, making sure it's fucking recording. I'm like, this is so fucking good. Oh, dude, but I'm so glad you're humbled. Like, I'm just so stoked. Like, um, yeah, I'm so stoked you guys made it. You too. And like... And you're living this fucking wonderful life here in Iceland. You're surfing, 
you're snowboarding. Are you snowboarding or skiing up last weekend? Snowboarding. Yeah, snowboarding up there, snowboarding. Yeah, it was a fun weekend. We partied up north. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. I enjoyed it. On the dance floor. Yeah. Fuck. I don't even know where to go from that. It's all sounded really good. Yeah, I think all I can say is, Stefan, just... Thanks for fucking telling me that story. My pleasure. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, that was wonderful. All right, let's 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 ponder this and get out of here. Thanks, man. Thanks. So, if you like this episode, please feel free to share it and leave a rating. And if you have or know of anyone with a wild story, please get in contact with me through my Instagram, Aaron underscore Shanks, or the website, diariesofthewildones.com, because I'd love to sit down over a beer or a coffee and hear it. For you Canadian listeners, I'm back in Vancouver and Vancouver Island from the 24th of May to the 18th of June, and then I'll be back in Australia after that. So please don't be shy, send me a message, and I'd love to hear your stories. Much love, guys. I do it like a double.